Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Guys, welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am currently in the middle of an interview with Byron Wolf, the uh, manager and owner of CFOAF, and a, a good buddy of mine. And we were just going over the uh, the mistakes that young entrepreneurs make with the uh, with the IRS and mistakes that we've made ourselves. Byron, I'm very sorry to inform you there was a software glitch and we've we've missed the first ten minutes of the interview. So, oh, um, no but I want to keep that because it was gold. And uh, I, while you were doing that, and the screen froze a few times, um, I had to I had to restart my uh, my my screen recording software because for some reason, um, I don't know if it was an internet connection or a loss or something. So we may have the first ten minutes of that interview saved, but um, <laughs> damn it, if like it, this just never rains, but it pours, man. We were we were we were doing great, but I'm I'm gonna keep it and welcome everybody back to the show. And um, man, Byron, real quick. Uh, CFO AF, tell us real quick what it is and what it stands for. Okay, so we're a uh, we're a fractional CFO service. Uh, it means exactly what you think. Uh, CFO as fuck. Uh, we are <laughs> we are the ones. Right? CFOs are uh, CFOs are fun. You know, if your mom yeah, is listening, CFOs are fun. Yeah. CFO accounting and finance. You know, <laughs> just enter whatever initials you want. Uh, but we do. <laughs> We do fractional CFO services for small companies defined by that 45 million in revenue uh, on down. Uh, we deal with companies that are, you know, as low as, you know, 500,000, you know, up to in, in the 30s, 40 million. Uh, so we step in like when somebody, they have a, a CFO, but maybe he needs some mentorship, some advisement, uh, you know, just some insight. Maybe he's crazy busy doing some of the lower level stuff, not really able to focus on the CFO. Uh, companies that have controllers that need that higher level uh, instead of reactive, more proactive, looking at the forecast, all that stuff, mm -hmm. uh, down to, the, you know, companies that have maybe a bookkeeper, you know, and maybe it's like a sister or, you know, or, or a mom or a dad or a cousin or, or something that's running their books and they need somebody to help them in the advisement, create the budgets, create the forecast, give them their uh, key performance indicators, really the metrics that help them to find profitability. And so that's that's what we do. We step in and we help them uh, in that process to become uh, significantly more profitable in their business. Man, you we we touched on a on a few things and I'm going to have to go back over them because it was just so good. I apologize. My this is like it's probably the 110, 120th interview I've done, and it's probably maybe the second time this has ever happened. So, um, <laughs> well, it was a good trial run, you know. We it was. We were, get, we were getting on. We were getting on well. Um, but like, so I had asked you previously. I'm going to ask you again, so we can just catch it because it was gold for the uh, for the listeners. Um, like most entrepreneurs, when they start out, they they're kind of afraid of um, accounting. What are some of the mistakes that, that you see that a company like yours, a guy like you, because, you know, we can't all afford CFOs. And uh, I, yeah. I personally use a fractional one. Um, I, I've been using them for about five years now. And it's wonderful because um, I get to hand off that specific department of my company and I pay a monthly fee and the department runs itself and I just get updates from the department and I have strategy sessions with the department, but I don't actually have to worry about it. So as a, as a solopreneur or a young, young, in the, young in business LLC, what are some of the mistakes that you see making that you can actually come in and, and take that pain away for these guys? Oh yeah, uh, great question. So, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest things is people don't really think about their structure, you know? And so, uh, you know, you've gotta, you gotta be structured correctly, right? You gotta be an LLC, so you've got those business deductions, you know, mm -hmm. you've got a partnership, you gotta define that from the beginning. There's nothing worse than coming into a partnership where the, the guys, you know, whoever's involved, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the parties, they're like, you know, oh, well, I trust, I trust him, her, you know, explicitly, but, you know, we just got these issues. Right, well, trust right. is great, right? But like, let's set the dynamic prior to going into business. So there's like very clear cut expectations or everything else. Like, I, I think with everything. that, I think the reason people make that mistake is there's maybe still a, a taboo about talking about money and talking about division and talking about we're going to structure it exactly this way. Um, especially with people again young in business not necessarily young people but but young in business they're not very skilled at the art of negotiation 
which means yeah. they just think everything should be a 50-50 split and, well, it, it'll be fine. And then, you know, you always end up with one or two partners putting in more work than the other guy. And then you've got Joey that likes to smoke weed, but he wants a percentage because he came up with the idea, you know. <laughs> like, how, how do you suggest people really go about avoiding getting themselves into that kind of situation? Yeah, I mean, the, the best thing is to be very, very open. Let's talk about all the things that are not money first, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? What's this other party going to do? However many right. partners you have, right? right. So what's everybody going to do? What's the expectation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, get all that out. And then like, what's the expectation if you don't? Like, are you out? Like, do we, are you still in, but maybe piece of your equity has to go to us replacing that? Mm -hmm. uh, do you pay for, for replacing you see that? that that's a really great point. I get, well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're knocking down these arguments, but what happens as a business partner if you don't perform and the other two business partners are holding the bag? What's the plan? Nobody ever thinks of that, dude. You, 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 you're really... Uh, yeah, really touching on some points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and they don't, you know, and again, like it always comes back to and this is the thing I always hear. And we've done we've done a few dissolutions, uh, you know, uh, you know, with with partners that decide they want to go their own ways or uh, just shutting it down. Like, you know, it. and I highly, highly, highly suggest and I'm not saying uh, it's like pick anybody, anybody, honestly, mm -hmm. it's better than, than doing it on your own. Um, but find a third party to do that, you know, oh, try to salvage yeah. that relationship. If you went into a partnership with somebody, you had a relationship prior to that. Mm -hmm. And no matter how bad it's become, like you want to try to salvage that relationship. Yeah. So third party is the way to go. But kind of backing up, like we get this all the time, you know, we'll come in, they say, oh, I, I trust them. I trust them so much. You know, it's my best friend or my, right, you know, right. we grew up together, whatever. And, you know, they're family. Like those are some of the worst, right? Oh, they're family. You know, family doesn't do this to each other. You know, but if you don't have those expectations and like it's not drawn out, then what are you what are you basing it off of? Like mm -hmm. your assumptions, like your assumptions are always going to be different from somebody else's. So just get it all out front, like get it all, line it all out. And then I love the clause of basically, you know, non-performance. Right. And mm -hmm. so I put this into all mine. And I'm, that's a technical term. I'll try to make it uh, less technical. <laughs> so to speak. But, you know, essentially it says, hey, if if partner A does not do their job. So right. let's say they're brought in, they say, hey, I'm a marketing genius. Like I'm gonna market the heck out of this thing. We're gonna make a ton of money. Well, if you don't perform, then we're gonna have to bring somebody in. So right. we're gonna pay somebody to do the marketing. And so it either comes out of your equity, you lose your equity, or you're gonna pay for it, or the company pays it and it comes out of your distributions of mm -hmm. the profits, yeah. whatever that situation is. Yeah. So, you know, and a lot of times, you know, people will be fine with that on the front end, right? And as long as it's said up front, it's not an issue. But trying to in, you know, put that in at the end of it, like yeah. you said, like you got the guy that, you know, he's like, hey, man, chilling in mom's basement, smoking a blunt, you know, like, I don't feel like working today. Yep. Well, that's really hard to get that guy motivated when he's a partner, you know, well, and he doesn't have to do anything. So The trick is to change to sativa and motivate yourself. Like, yes, that's yeah, the trick. Hundred percent. Yeah, but we're legal out here in AZ, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things that you picked on, and it's one of the things that I have noticed as I've got older in business, and as I've been through more partnerships, and you know, I don't really get a lot of partnerships um, without some sort of like equity in the deal and consult for equity and that kind of stuff, um, but. I don't walk into things like I used to in my 20s. And one thing I've yeah. learned is is that if you leave an opening for a fucking, you will receive a fucking in the opening. Yes. 100%. 100%. And so like, like we were talking about earlier, like set those expectations on the front end. And I get it. I mean, money is, it's a, it's a tough thing to talk about. 100%, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you get those other things out of the way, and then transition into the money, it's not a difficult thing to have, right? And so I tell people all the time, like the best spot to be at is one in which nobody's ecstatic, but mm -hmm. both parties are happy, right? Right. And so like, you should never feel like you got over on the other person, but you should always be pretty happy with the situation. Mm -hmm. And if all things being equal, you know it's great if you're okay with either side of the situation, right? Yeah. If you yeah. say, hey, I'm gonna give you this, I'm gonna take this, but if you wanna swap it, like I'll take yours, you take mine. Mm -hmm. And if you can get to that point, you know it's gold. You know it's even. 
because yeah. you're willing to take either side of the situation. So. That, that's a really, really good way to look at it. Yeah. 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 I like that. So, um, dude, tell me again. I, I looked on your Facebook profile. I've been on stalked all your socials and done my little bit of, uh, of podcast recon. And, you know, now you're, you're in charge of uh, CEO AF. But looking at, your, uh, looking at your profile, there are quite a few quite a few uh, businesses and roles that you've listed. So tell me if you would about your journey into entrepreneurship, how you got started, and then uh, tell me about some of the companies you've owned in the past and some of the experiences you had there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, so I started very young. Uh, I was like 12, 13, uh, started cutting grass, found out that that was a lot of work. So got other people involved to cut grass. Um, I love people. So I was more than happy to go collect the money, which, you know, a lot of guys had, uh, you know, an issue doing, you know, they See, always I, felt uncomfortable. Like, I never I figured no that problem. bit out. I, no. I was the guy cutting the grass and my dad was like, hey, there's more grass for you to go cut, go cut that. And and like, so I, my dad would drive me around everywhere and, and he would do the weed eating and I would push the lawnmower and then he'd pay me and he'd get paid from there. And I just got the, see, I didn't figure out the finding the deals bed. I was the kid doing the mowing. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel yeah. like it took me another ten years to discover that shit. And Byron's over there just counting his money. <laughs> I'm the idiot pushing the fucking mower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta figure it out at some point. Like I, mean, I said, you know, yeah. maybe a little bit of laziness, maybe was, you just you know, taking advantage of an opportunity. Who knows? Dude, I was just uh, just a little anyway, slower to catch that, on. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then got real focused. You know, I was I was I played sports so. Uh, you know, I was a football guy, like loved football, mm -hmm. um, was, was good. I was a great high school player, um, which doesn't translate into a great college player, unfortunately. So I, I went to University of Tennessee when Peyton Manning was there, national championship. Um, I was good enough to practice, but I wasn't good enough to like play with those guys. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, I tried that for, you know, a, a couple of years, uh, big practice dummy, get my, my, you know, bell rung, but enjoying the experience, you know, mm -hmm. national championship got to, uh, um, Got to be on a practice field with Peyton Manning. Like, that's an amazing uh, yeah, feat by yeah. himself. I didn't know that about uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just those guys, like the level of athleticism at a collegiate level. And I, I don't want any great high school athletes to be turned down from this or, or like turned off from trying. Go, like, go give it a shot. That's this this, this should be more incentive to, to keep going. Like, yes. Know? Oh, yeah, 100%. But just know. Like you can be an amazing high school player, and when you get to college, it's a whole new game. Like mm -hmm. it's a totally new game. So you know, I get it, there, like yeah, you know, it's different I'm levels. I'm thinking I'm gonna you know? play with these. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna play with these guys. And there's linemen that are running, you know, running four six forties. Like I mean, you know, guys that are three hundred something pounds. I come in with my two twenty five, you know, like thinking I'm gonna do something. I'm getting run over by by linemen that all of a sudden are, are running backs or defensive backs or mm -hmm. you know cornerback. I mean it's crazy. Anyway, so that didn't really work out, and so I was uh, I started bartending um, at a at a local uh, bar there. I was making good money. Uh, somebody asked, "Hey man, like I really you know want to be involved in this job." A buddy of mine at the time, he said, "Hey man, let's start a bartending school," and so this is this is where structure comes into play. So mm -hmm. in partnerships, this is where I learned my lessons. So this, this partner, an unnamed partner, I don't want to talk bad about anybody. We get into this. We didn't get a license. I mean, we like, we found a place to rent. We, <laughs> we got a, a bunch of uh, liquor bottles from bars, you know, empty, filled them up with food coloring, taught people how to bartend, helped them get jobs. Uh, I made a ton of money. It was That's, amazing. That sounds cool. I can't imagine why you need a license for it. Like, oh, we didn't have anything. We yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a great hustle. Hey, oh, yeah, it was fantastic. We I, literally, we would take money and then we would split it. Like somebody would pay us, yeah. and I'd be like, "Here's some money for you, yeah, and here's yeah. money for me." Hey, dude, you know, I, I help people get drunk and party on the weekends. I can help. I can help train you too. It sounds like the ideal business for for a college kid. Oh yeah, it was like, fantastic. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we started pushing out Dollar Drink Man, you know, trying to push that on like frats and sororities, mm -hmm. you know, we'd send them with liquor, dollar drinks, they get, you know, good tips, cheap liquor, but, you know, that's college. And uh, it did really well, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then my partner decided he didn't want to show up anymore. And so depending on which side you hear, I'm sure he has a completely different story. But 
I was in there trying to train these guys. He's out partying. According to him, like I'm, I'm making connections. It's it, he was. Hey, yeah, but him. it's 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 how we both know that there are partners that will sit in the basement and smoke weed, and there are other partners that go out and party. It's like you learn yeah. it from experience, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And so, uh, anyways, that partnership kind of fell apart. You know, it is what it is. But we we did great. I had a freaking blast. I mean, it was so much fun. Uh, I just didn't want to do all the work. He didn't want to come back to work. And so it just kind of fell apart. And then we started getting the the city was asking us for a liquor license. I mean, it was just bad. So, mm -hmm. you know, no partnership, no LLC, no license, no liquor license. I mean, we did. We literally had nothing. Fly by the seat of your pants. I was 20 at the time. Right, right. Uh, so I wasn't even legal to drink. <laughs> like, that's the crazy thing. But and so did, uh, you, did it, you have an accountant? <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Mistakes all. at 20, huh? <laughs> oh man, yes, yes. Oh, and and like, thank God the the statute limitation. We never claimed any of that. Like, I, it was it was just cash in, cash out. But uh, but it was there, a great time. We had there's, a lot still, of fun. there's still yeah. things I won't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, but so that did well. Um, I got into uh, a little bit of 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 loaning money that that did not go well for me. Uh, you know, and so. I, I finished up school, uh, was working as an accountant, got my CPA license, uh, you know, really liked that. Like it was fun. I liked dealing with people. I liked the numbers, but mm -hmm. I didn't really love running a CPA firm. And so we, uh, the, the firm, my family's firm was bought out. Uh, my mom, beautiful woman, like amazing person in my life. She said, Hey, here's the offer. You match it. You can have it. And so without even thinking, do I want it? Um, and I was like, well, you know, do I, do I even want this? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I had to do some soul searching and I said, man, I don't know. I, I don't really like, that's not entrepreneurship. That's managing right. an existing firm. Like I didn't, you know, I wasn't interested. Not at the time. Right. I mm -hmm. was, uh, I think it was like 28 or something. Right. 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 So, uh, you know, I said, nah, you know, it's not really something I want. Let's sell it to them. You make some money. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do my own thing. So. I'm a huge motorcycle enthusiast. I love motorcycles mm -hmm. like Crotch Rockets, you know, Harleys, man. I love them all, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a I'm not a super Harley guy. I'm not like a Ducati guy. I love all of them, right? Right, right. Um, so we uh we had a, a business that wasn't doing great. It was a, a pup up golfing games, which you know, it's like miniature golf, yeah, batting yeah, cages, yeah. go-karts. Yeah, yeah. Fun, fun place, amazing when I was a kid, right? Because everybody would come there on the weekends, yeah. like my dad owned it, you know, it's really cool. Uh, it wasn't doing great. And so I said, Hey, let me, let me take over the arcade, the building. I'm going to throw some motorcycles in here, put a little service department in there, see what it does. I'll at least pay the rent. Right. You know, while I'm waiting on my, um, do not, we have to sign a thing that we're not going to practice for a certain amount of time. Right. So, uh, so I start doing that. It blows up. This thing does gangbuster. So, and we started that 2007 uh by like 2013 2014 massive this thing's you know yeah three four million dollars annually it's just doing fantastic yeah uh and so i can go back to to doing taxes you know i can i can be back to being a cpa um i start taking some you know smaller jobs more consulting stuff but i'm loving the dealership it's a blast i get to ride a, a new motorcycle you know like every week yeah, uh, yeah. This, you know, this was in Tennessee. They don't designate between motorcycles and cars. So I'm driving like really cool cars that I'm picking up at the auction for cheap, making mm -hmm. money on them when I'm, you know, when I get tired of them. Um, but we started a, in the middle of that, and this is, this shows you by ADD for sure. In the middle of a business that I loved, I started another business. <laughs> so, we, we all you know, do it though. We all do yeah. it. That's yeah. We yeah. all do it. Uh, I don't have enough happening up. today. I don't have enough going on. What can I possibly yeah. do to make my my, yeah, my life? Yeah. It's it's excitement. <laughs> we're chasing we're chasing dopamine, but we just do it on oh, a yeah. much bigger level. <laughs> yes, yeah, hundred percent. But like, the, it doesn't ever fucking end. Like I still chase the same thrill of closing big deals that I chased in my twenties. I love it. It's it's just everything's bigger now. Everything. Yeah. And oh, you yeah. just keep chasing them and you keep closing bigger and bigger shit. It's great fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I said one of the probably the douchiest things I've ever said in my life a few months ago. And immediately after I said it, I knew like, oh, oh my God, who have I turned into? 
but <laughs> uh, I was talking to somebody and it was a business I invested in. It, it failed, like, but it was good concept, just didn't work out. And uh, and so very nonchalantly, I said, man, I'll throw 25K at anything if it seems like a good idea. Man, as soon as I said it, I was like, wow, that was the douchiest thing I've ever said. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I immediately felt bad. But like, you're right. It's it's bigger toys. It's bigger mm-hmm. risks. Like now we're able to do things, you know, in our 40s that like, no way I could have done that in my 20s. Right. But, but you can go get 25K and like see if it happens. You know, just yeah. Because you'll 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 go into it and and seven of them will just fuck up and three of them will just go to the moon and it's it's great yeah. fun you know it's just yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. yeah playing the odds on yeah. these ideas yeah i love it and that's exactly it it's mm-hmm. the rule of 10 right mm-hmm. like you know and, and if you now if you don't have the money to do this so i you know i want to be clear on this anybody that's young that's listening to this like you know this doesn't mean you have to do 10 businesses to be successful no like, no no yeah Pick, pick the thing that you're amazing at or you absolutely love, like, you know, that's not going to be just a task, a chore, yep. nightmare every day and pour your heart and soul into it, right? Yeah. The, I, would, the, I would, yeah. The caveat should be, like, I was throwing 25 grand at different things that people were, were running. When I had my own company, that was bringing in X dollars a month by itself doing all, yeah, it was for fun. It wasn't for, yeah, don't take your last 25 grand and throw it at some random shit. Don't do that. Yeah, 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 that sounds too much like crypto. Uh. <laughs> That's on the list. It's on the list. It's on the list. Like, um, does that happen? You know, uh, anyway, so we, you know, we, uh, we started a leasing company very quickly. The leasing company was making as much as a dealership. We sold the dealership. I went into full on consulting because the leader, the, the leasing company is fairly automated. I mm-hmm. uh, went into consulting, you know, been, been consulting since then. Um, man, I just, I love helping businesses. And so I still like to start them. I still like to get them up and running. But one thing I've learned with age, that one partnership went really poorly. And so I was mm-hmm. turned off partnerships for a while but i will tell you like if you invest in the right person and you do it correctly like a partnership has to be done correctly they can be some of the most rewarding things on the planet so like now i have yeah i have i have amazing amazing partners and multiple businesses um that man i wouldn't trade for the world but we're very clear on expectations like Mm -hmm. i know what i have to lose they know what they have to lose Mm -hmm. they know what happens If, if a happens we do b yeah. You know, see how we do, you know, so it's outlined. And so, but I've learned it's not necessarily the business, it's the people. If you invest yep. in solid people, it's a win every time. Even Dude, if I, the business fails, it's a win. I have the most joy and satisfaction from what I do now is 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 because it's like you're reaching into the business owner's mind and you're turning the lights on for them one one at a time. And you get to be a part of that and you get to be a part of their growth and of their development. And when you, you know, I have some, I have some buddies that are consultants that get angry when their, uh, when their tenure ends. And I'm like, you know, you, my, my ideal situation as a, as a, as a marketing consultant, cause you're fractional finance, I'm fractional marketing. My yeah. ideal situation is, is working with them for a year or 18 months or whatever and then handing them something that works and that works over and over and over and then they just check in when they need some help but it's not my goal to be i don't want to be like locked into a five-year contract with you no i I want to i want to develop your systems and hand you a company that works and build it and like build you and you know i i feel as though like it's the most rewarding job in the world yeah yeah, and we do we do a five-year forecast because what we found, and I love what you said, that's fucking amazing, I love it. So we do a five-year forecast because what we found is that's really the time frame of like an exit plan, right? Mm-hmm. So either you're actually going to exit, you sell it to somebody, or you sell the majority to a VC, whatever, or you exit without exiting. And so right. exit without exiting means that essentially you find the people to take it over, mm-hmm. and so you're no longer involved, it's running itself, basically, right? Right, right. But that, that's a I call it, you just you just step up to a director level and you know you exactly. peek, yeah. peek in every now and again. Yes, yeah, exactly. And so I love what you said because that's exactly it. Like I, this isn't forever, right? Like right. And I didn't do my job successfully if it's forever, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to I want to do multiple things. I want to be involved in multiple things. I want to help you achieve your dreams so that you can go to the next dream, right? And right. The next one. Next one. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like you're right, hundred percent. It's not forever. 
it's a time period. And even if it's doing well, well, if it's doing well, then great. Exit without exiting and move on to the next thing, right? Yeah. Or just enjoy your life, whatever that looks like. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, again, it, it depends on what success is to you because I've, I've got I've got a hard ceiling where I'm going to stop. I've got I've got some goals and I've got some and that's all the money I need to achieve those goals and then I'm going to go do other stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, you know your your definition of success could just as easily be having a couple of paid off properties and a, a five thousand dollar a month passive income living on the beach in Phuket. You know, oh, yeah. success yeah. is different for all of us. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I got a buddy living in Honduras right now who did just that. He owns a bunch of, of real estate, a bunch of property. He's a little younger than me. I think he just turned 41, mm -hmm. uh, 40 or 41. He's living his dream. He lives in Honduras with his girlfriend uh, and, and their kid on the beach. He has a local bar he's at, you know, almost every night. He sends me amazing pictures. He's a big scuba, di scuba diving guy. Mm -hmm. He comes home like once a quarter, checks on his properties, flies back. I mean, that's, living that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because yes. I can, I fully intend to be the small business surgeon and podcast from the beach. I can be your fractional CMO from the beach. And, uh, yep. you know, I want to own a bar on a beach and, and play music and be a rock star. So that's what yeah. I'm going to do. And uh, I, already, I already got the girlfriend and I already got the business. So all I need now is the beach, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and you can do what you do from anywhere in the country, right? That, that's why like, I'm why doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I can have yeah. the free, freedom to travel and the 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 freedom to 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 work and to create. I get to create stuff for a living. I get to like yeah. be a visionary and I get to help yeah. other people become visionaries. I mean, it's just like oh, enough of me. Tell me about crypto, Byron, because I was in and out of crypto and I've dipped in and out of it and I've played about in it. And really at the start of uh COVID, I was I was getting quite into it and then I I had a pullback moment and I, I sold everything. I thought, you know what? Dave Ramsey always used to say, don't invest in stuff you don't understand. Yeah. And I kept feeling like I was standing around and everybody was going about the emperor's new clothes stuff because I could not understand for the life of me how an NFT was worth a quarter million dollars. But it gives yeah. you access to a room. It gives you access to this. I, I just, I could not wrap my head around it, how the functionality of it worked. And so I did what the advice of my mentors was, and I stopped investing in something I didn't understand. And so I didn't catch the massive up, and I didn't catch what we're going through now, the massive down. I didn't, I didn't catch any of it. I just, I just watched. And I still don't understand it. So... Tell me about crypto and specifically tell me about the implications that the uh, crypto losses of this year and the crypto gains of last year have had on your clients and, and are going to have on, on people's taxes and tax liabilities overall. Yeah, so it, it, it tremendous impact. Um, yeah, it's so it's still the wild, wild west out there. And so like crypto was developed to solve a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so the initial, you know, few that came out, and there's, I mean, there's thousands of them now, but the initial ones that came out, they were, they were to solve a problem. And like what has happened is because they're unregulated, we've had tons of these ones that have opened up and I'm not going to call them pyramid schemes. I'll let somebody else do that, but I'll, I'll call them that. <laughs> it, just, it seems like, dude, like... <laughs> It just seems like the last person to put the money in is the one that gets burned. It very like with with everything that's going on like right now and that's happened in the last let's say month in crypto since FTX collapsed. Like yeah. how how do I not how do I not feel as though that that every single tokenized asset is a fucking pyramid scheme? I don't understand it. And dude, I understand all kinds of shit. Like I'm I don't feel like I, I lack intelligence and I cannot for the life of me find how these things like I, I get it with Bitcoin. I get it there. Yeah. Right. I see it there. But then when you've got so many other coins all promising the same thing and like Bitcoin already does it. I, I struggled so hard that I really just felt like it was an emperor's new clothes situation. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. It has value. I see it. And I'm like, I don't see shit. I'm like, I <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm guilty of buying crypto and I'm guilty of trying to buy NFTs when they first came out and I'm like I still don't see it. I don't see the I don't see the fine sparkly suit, man. Help me yeah. out. <laughs> all right. So, I'll, you know, is is not all of them are like this way. But but originally what had happened with them is they were going to solve a problem like uh, Bitcoin really is just a holder of wealth at this point. And I was, you know, a lot of people would argue with me about that. That's really its main purpose. Uh, Ethereum is a smart contract. It's essentially fraud-free smart contract. It's kind of a way to guarantee kind of what's going to happen. Uh, XRP, which full disclosure, I'm a heavy, heavy uh, investor in XRP, heavy holder. Um, so just that this is not a not at all uh, intended was it, to get Was XRP, what was that, Ripple? Was that that yeah, one? that's Ripple. Okay. Uh, currently in a lawsuit, but their their purpose was essentially almost immediate transfers of money from one location to another globally, mm -hmm. uh, replacing the SWIFT system. Yeah. So great utility. So um, and and I can go on and on. There's there's tons of them that have good utility. We need to so replace the SWIFT happened, system. Yeah, this, yeah, I, the SWIFT is crazy that. old. I agree it's, with that. Yeah, it's yeah. been around for forever. It's it makes no sense. I shouldn't have to wait a day. No. To to send like that makes no sense. So, um, again, big reason I'm an XRP holder. Uh, so what happened with a lot of these is they would tokenize, you know, the, the you know, tokenize the, the crypto, became the coin, and then they would create their own liquidity, and not all of them, and so this is, this is broad, but they would essentially create their own liquidity by, uh, they would have a shell, right? So shell game, they essentially mm -hmm. had this little entity over here that would take on debt. And then that would mm -hmm. be an asset over yep. here. Mm -hmm. And so like this company's was the liability and this company had the asset. And so the asset became the additional liquidity. And so the value got artificially inflated without the regulation. <coughs> Bro, isn't, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, normally I managed to hit mute before I cough. But, um... <laughs> Isn't that exactly what happened with Enron? Yeah, I mean, not not exactly, but but, yes. but very I mean, very same, similar. They were yeah, using very, they were using similar, secondary uh, companies to hide debt and then showing it as assets on balance sheets. Yes, yeah, same same concept. Hmm. And so these things would happen. And so I don't know if you saw the recent uh, legislation that's that's going on with you know Binance, FTX, but. Uh, what happened is this is, is a mess going on with it. I don't know. I, I I struggle, dude. There's so much happening in the media right now. It's like, um, with with all the Twitter stuff coming out, and with all that. Um, then a few weeks ago there was the Balenciaga stuff coming out, and I know that ties into the stuff. I we haven't touched any of that stuff yet, but on on, on what you do, but I'd I'd like to get back there. But you know, dude, it's just like, how do you stay educated and upfront on the news cycle and especially with doing soapbox news and, and getting on that for me, it's yeah. been like, it's been like just completely overwhelming. So what I, what I started doing was actually stopping following the news. And uh, now I've got people curate stuff and they just send me bullet points to look at. So I get a massive overview because you just, it's too, it's too much time, dude. How do you keep oh, yeah. up with all that? Oh, I mean, you know, and same thing. I have tons of people that are just constantly sending me, like I know the experts in the different mm -hmm. uh, arenas, and so they're constantly sending me stuff, but you you know that it's biased. And this is the thing that I love. Like I know the bias of the people that are sending it to me. Mm -hmm. So when I get, you know, again, I'll, I'll come back to XRP. When I get XRP news, I'm getting it from people that are very close to it, right? Right, right, and for so sure. I know, yeah, I know that it's biased. I know they're fans of XRP or mm -hmm. they're like anti-fans, but they follow it, you know, and they want to yeah, yeah, see yeah, it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I know the bias. And so like one of the things that I, I see a lot and it's just frustrating to me is like people will say, oh, well, the, you know, the news, it's, you know, it's, it's unbiased. Like there's no news there's side no, out there. That's no, unbiased. dude, that, that, I, I, I own like I own a media company, right? I can make you see whatever I want to make you see using the yeah. same footage. I can make you scared. I can make you happy. I can make you sad. I can make you afraid, whatever. The same footage, just different music, different light and different. So any company any news company is going to be able to put out any bias they want there's just there's no way to to, to make it unbiased it's, it's always going to be the owner's owner's point of view yeah 100 percent. and but like if you know like what the bias is i feel like it's easier to digest that information right like Co yeah correct yeah 
So I'm, I'm pretty fiscally conservative. I like to keep mm -hmm. as much money as I possibly can. But I Amen. know like when I, I get something from a liberal side, I'm taking it from a liberal point mm -hmm. of view. When I get yeah. something from a very conservative side, I'm taking it from a conservative point of view. I feel like I fall pretty close to the middle, you know, but with, with some fiscal uh, conservative yeah. roots. Yeah. You know, but like, but I do know that the, the extremes are like so extreme and I'll use the word crazy that like, it's, it's unrealistic. Like there's nothing there. There's no, right. nothing of substance because mm -hmm. it's so out there. Uh, so you're, you're right. I mean, hundred percent, there's tons of news sources constantly spitting out information and like, you got to dig through it. And the big thing, I love what you said earlier. I got out of crypto because I didn't understand it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so many people invest in things that they don't understand, but like, the information is out there. You know, we just, we don't really want to like, we hear our cousin Timmy made a million dollars in Bitcoin or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So, oh, let's get into Bitcoin. You know, but there's white papers. There's all kinds of information out there yeah. uh, that you can look into these things, you know, and that's that's why I'm not, I'm, I'm invested in some cryptos, but the only one that I'm heavily, heavily invested in, I understand extremely well. Like, and I keep up to date on it because I have- right. A significant chunk of money in it right like i'm not going to let my business just kind of do whatever it does because it's making money right like i've mm. got a lot of money a lot of time invested in it i'm very closely watching that absolutely and so you know you have to be that way you have to watch what you what you care about what you're invested in well that and and you made that point in that you know people didn't understand it and they invested in it anyway they went on this on this little gold rush hunt for this stuff yeah. um but you know, it wasn't until I lost money by investing in stuff I didn't understand that I learned the lesson that made me hesitant on crypto and made me go, you know what, this this doesn't feel right. And crypto, I could kind of sort of get. I, I find it very hard to 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 to, to put a, a value on it. I didn't know why Bitcoin was worth sixty five thousand dollars, but yeah. I understood that it was. But the NFT thing, I never 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 figured out i never saw the the value there and i think that it might take another generation of, of that kind of stuff for it to kind of actually feel valuable i don't know yeah so yeah a lot of that's bragging rights you know it's it's a one-of-a-kind non-duplicated uh you know ownership of something right and so the easiest way for me to kind of explain what i think you know it, to explain an nft is it's, you know, it's not something that can be duplicated. Yes, somebody can print off your NFT and like throw it on their wall or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But there's no ownership there. So if like, you know, the Mona Lisa, like everybody knows what the Mona Lisa is, right? It's only right. there's one, it's in one place. But if the Mona Lisa was an NFT, right? And it was, say, there was a hundred of them, even if there was a hundred, you know, from different angles or whatever mm -hmm. that differentiated it, like everybody you would own one of 100 of the Mona Lisa, and so when you displayed your, essentially your reproduction of it or, or whatever, yeah. your NFT, like it's not necessarily, oh, hey, cool, Mona Lisa. That's really, that's really neat. Yeah, I own that. You know, so it's, it's almost like a bragging right uh, or it's like a holder of that ownership that matters. Like, I think like, you know, the, going to the, to the uh, state to get your title to your car or your RV or your whatever, that that's that's going out the window right oh yeah and, i see the value there for sure yeah yeah but like yeah. Uh, the the monkeys and the apes and i was just like to yeah. get yeah I, I i get it that gets you in the room um do you think that um like i know we had the metaverse and i know there's people buying real estate out there and it got really really popular really really quick has that kind of gone away now or do you think that will still be something on that same platform that might be a good place for people to start looking to understand how to invest there? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel like we're, we're a few years away from the reality of that, right? Because mm. I believe that it's going to follow the virtual reality uh, like viability. And so uh, if right now you can go buy, you know, your Oculus or whatever, you can go in, it's still choppy. Like even the best games are still choppy. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. they're not, you know, you're not interacting with people in a way right. that feels real. Uh, so that technology has to catch up. Um, do I think that there's opportunities? Yes. Like I hold multiple pieces of uh, virtual real estate and multiple of these realms, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, and the beauty of those are they are somewhat limited, like they can always create a new world, but it's the same, like they can always create another video game or they can mm -hmm. always create another company. Or, right, and so right, like right. these are going to happen. 
Um, but there will be a few that are going to shake out, you know, first to market, you know, they yeah. have the real yeah. utility. And those are going to be the ones that are going to be super valuable. Will there be other ones? Yeah, 100%. Um, but it's still going to be limited on what that is. Uh, you still get the advantage of, of essentially renting those out. Um, you know, when people are, are moving around these these metaverses, they if they go through your land, they've got to pay to essentially go through your land. So there's some income that comes into play there. Um, do I think it's it's overstacked? You know, yeah, probably. Uh, I, I had an opportunity, and I won't say who it was with, but I, was, I had an opportunity to buy some some property, uh, some metaverse property, and and I chose not to. It, it did not seem like the play that I was being told it was, uh, and the time frame was really short. It was a 72-hour turnaround, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't do things if I can't research them. So mm -hmm. I turned it down. It was a, uh, I think it was like a 300 and something thousand dollar investment. Uh, and in 72 hours, they took this 300 something thousand dollar investment and they turned around and made $7 million on it. You know, Oof. it's, yeah, it was brutal. You know, I said, oh man, you know, but the reality is, is like, I didn't know the trade. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have full insight and yeah, I couldn't yeah. afford to lose $400,000. So Hind like, hindsight's know. wonderful, isn't it? Hindsight's wonderful. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Did uh, Do you but there are crazy opportunities out there. Like, you know, it, it does exist. And I think it's coming. Um, I like it for like a gaming platform. I think, you know, video games aren't going anywhere. Kids are always going to play video games. Like grown adults are always going to play video games, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so like, I, I love it for that, you know, that avenue. I think that there will be some interaction on that because we're no longer local, right? We've become a very local, right. globalized, right. you know, uh, uh, population. Uh, and so, and the translation software is amazing. The AI software is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that people are going to be restricted to the language they speak. Uh, right, and if they right. go, you know, online and they're interacting with people, it's going to be so instantaneous that it won't really matter where you're from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got the instant translate apps and earbuds now, where you can go to foreign countries and hear it. Like, I mean, it's just it's crazy to me that that exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Sorry, what are, you, what are your thoughts on aug augmented reality? Uh, you think there's a future for NFTs inside of that kind of class of uh, of entertainment? Because yeah, Google Glass was a thing for a minute, and it was actually really cool. Um, yeah. I got I got to wear some and be part of a beta test group on it, and uh, it was really really cool. And then it went away. And yeah. you know, where do you think we stand with augmented reality? I, so I, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I do think that we're going to have a lot of that. Like I, I feel very confidently that we need to continue to stay grounded in like reality and not move into uh, like I, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but there was a guy that was like this super fat guy that you know was in the yeah. virtual reality. He's got his goggles on and he's you know like pooping in a seat. Dude, you could impressive. you could wear Google glasses and it would give you. What, what yeah. if you could have Instagram filters turned on and make everybody pretty around you? <laughs> Oh man, the nightclubs, the the danger. Oh, it'd be there. great, wouldn't it? <laughs> I I do not want to be a twenty year old in that reality. <laughs> no, like no. Like if there was any social media around when I was twenty, oh goodness, no, oh, uh -uh. Yes. would have been bad. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm either really really happy that there wasn't, or I'm really disappointed that I didn't get to to have it when I was a kid and take advantage of it. Because I see some of these twenty. Oh man, yeah. Twenty year olds. I mean, just. I mean, there's a there's a guy in, in one of our if you're in the same group I am with Apex, mm -hmm. there's a guy in there. All he does is he creates these essentially these like these virtual realms uh, for people. And this kid's he's like 23, 24 years old. He's making like a million dollars annually. Crazy. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, I, it's just and it's nuts. And there's mm -hmm. if you know it and you're good at it, there's so much money out there that's available uh, just to create these these digital assets. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I do in, in in a video sense. I mean, not the NFTs and not the virtual worlds, but like people pay me to create digital assets for how they appear online and for how how their perception. And dude, our, our tagline is even engineer your reality because like we literally create the content that you see, and it's uh, yes. Yes. man, yes. It, it's just like it's it's a job that didn't exist twenty years ago. You know, it's no. uh, it, it's no, crazy to think about. I don't know if your if your parents or, or a family member ever told you this saying, but like I remember a lot of people saying, I don't remember that like my dad probably did, my mom may have. Uh, you know, you can be anybody you want to be, right? 
And so like back in the day, back when we were kids, that meant like you can be any profession or whatever, mm -hmm. like you can, you know, that that's what it meant to me. Right. Yeah. But yeah, literally yeah. that's exactly like, it literally means you can be anybody in any shape yeah. or form. Look, I didn't even want to be now. Like, I, didn't even, I didn't even go to medical school. Look, it's a surgeon behind me. I, I didn't do that. I didn't go to medical school. Yeah. Like it's, it's great. Yeah. But you know, yeah. if, 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 if you want to become something, you just start becoming it and giving value and, and, and you grow into that role. And yeah. you know, th there's, there's two realities here. There's your perception of yourself and then there's everybody else's perception of yourself. And yeah. their perception of yourself is directly based on what your perception of yourself is and what image you project and how you yeah. carry yourself in their reality. And uh, man, now we just went completely hippie, didn't we? <laughs> you know, I've got some I've got some wonderful hippie friends and I used to beat on them and I used to pick on them and now I don't. Now I listen to them because they're actually right, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to have perspective, right? Like if you, yeah. you know, if you only surround yourself with people that feel a very specific way, you're never going to step out of that. You're probably never going to grow, you know, so. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I'm a huge fan. I'll talk to anybody about anything, right? Like as long as it's a legitimate conversation, you know, like I can't have a conversation with somebody that, you know, like it's so dead set on whatever their thing is. And I, nothing against flat earthers. I'm just going to use them as an example, but they're, you know, there's, there's no discussion. You're flat. We're not talking about it. it is what it is. You're stupid if you don't agree with me, you know, but like, you know, I'm not saying all of them are like that, but you know, you can't have a conversation with that. But if somebody said, Hey, I think the worst flat. Okay. Why do you think that? Well, I think because blah, 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 blah. Well, what about blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's a legitimate conversation. And I don't care what you believe. If you're open to having a conversation, I'm going to get just as much out of it as you're going to get out of it. You know, hopefully. Like, I'm looking something up right now. I'm probably going to get all kinds of flat. No, because, well, here's the thing. Like, I'm a huge flat fan of um, the Discworld, right? Which, um, right. now, Terry Pratchett was the uh, probably the most prolific British author of the 19th, uh, the 20th century. And um, he wrote, he stole his ideas for his, uh, his science fiction world from uh, ancient creation myths. <clears throat> so... I'm looking on Wikipedia. I can't find the list because I'm doing it live in real time. But there's at least there's at least six creation myths, including the Hindu creation myth, that include a flat Earth. Which is yeah. now, I personally think that the Earth is a, 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 a sphere and it's a globe, and it's like we've been taught. You know, I'm not like I, I worked in land. I've seen how the curvature of the Earth affects land surveys. I know it's round. Okay, but. Yeah, yeah. Like so many creation myths were based back in the day on a flat Earth, which to me just it, it seems like um, definitely highly entertaining. I mean, you know, I'm not oh, suggesting yeah. that scientific advances didn't happen, but like, yeah, you probably get some uh, some flat Earth people. But that kind of segues into where I want to go next with the interview because the minute you say anything that's against like the current socially accepted narratives you get labeled as a flat earth conspiracy theory yeah. conspiracy theorist and that has really really close ties with what you do at operation lightshine right so oh, yeah. start me at the beginning and tell me what operation lightshine is and, and how you got involved with that yeah so uh, a very close friend of mine uh matt murphy uh you know green beret uh, just a you know, decorated soldier, amazing, amazing person. Mm -hmm. His sister was uh, was taken, uh, you know, to be trafficked, and um, you know she disappeared. And she, you know, she had some some issues uh, in her life, and mm -hmm. so that made her a target uh, for you know the human traffickers. Uh, I I believe that when it came out that she was not just you know um, somebody on like a lower level, what, what a lot of people refer to as like throwaway people, you know, yeah. like they don't have family, you know, they're, you know, they don't really have anybody that that's going to look for them. Uh, nobody's a throwaway person. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, for, the, has, for the context of the argument, I, I can, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, yeah. I, I understand what, what the context you're trying to use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, she, you know, people were looking for, her, you know, and of course, you know, Matt uh, comes back, who's overseas. He came back to, to help in that search. Uh, they ended up finding her. She, you know, she had been, um, she'd been killed, uh, murdered. 
uh, instead of being trafficked. I, I feel like that was because the heat got on and they decided it just wasn't worth it and they weren't going to let her, you know, release her so that she could give details about what oh, occurred. Man. So, yeah, just a bad situation. Um, we still don't know who did that uh, officially. Um, so it's just bad. It just lived within Matt for a long period of time. So uh, Matt is on his way to getting out. He gets out um, this this month or next month. He'll be officially out of the military. He's been on leave for a while. So he wanted to start a charity to fight human trafficking. And so he uh, he said, hey, I'm a Green Beret. Like I'm a, you know, I'm an operator. I can do this. Let's mm-hmm. roll. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Love it. You know, he's he's a like take action type of person, which I love. So he, you know, he goes on, he Googles how to create a charity. He follows the steps, creates a charity and says, I'm going to do all these amazing things and starts trying to do that. Right. right, right. So he gets a, he gets a meeting with the people that, you know, are, are really would help him with that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes in to meet with these guys. And I won't say who they are because actually they're, they're partners with us now. And this okay. sounds horrible. But he goes in to talk to him and they say, you know, you're a flash in the pan. You're not going to do anything. And we don't, you know, this is a waste of our time and your time. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you want to do this, this, and this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. Right. He says, well, like, okay, well, what can I do? Right. And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, well, what, what can I do? If, if you were me, mm-hmm. knowing what you know, and you were on this side, what can I do? What would you do? And it was just novel, like, you know, to, to be open to that. And so, you know, very honestly and openly, they said, hey, this is what I would do. I'd do this, 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 and this, right? Matt says, okay, that's what we're going to do. And they kind of, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. And he says, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Right. And so he adopts this. He reaches out to his contacts. Again, amazing guy. The people we have involved in this agency are, are, are absolute top of the top. Uh, so he reaches out to all of us. This is what I want to do. This is how it's got to go down. Like, you know, will you support me? Uh, so of course we're like, yeah, all in hundred percent, brother. Like you're doing a good thing. And so he, he collects all these people. He starts getting out there, starts talking to people. Uh, it's official now, but for a long time, it wasn't official that Tim Tebow was involved with our agency. He's officially involved now, sits on our board. Wow. Well done. His CFO sit on our board. Amazing, amazing organization. The Tim Tebow foundation, like we wouldn't exist without amazing, amazing people. Um, so they're involved. Uh, we've got uh, some, I'm just like the people that we have involved are insane. We had Jason Aldean, his wife are now involved with us doing some amazing things with us. They did a charity thing uh, uh, very recently for us. Like we just, I mean, just the people that are involved are just, you know, next level. But one of the things that Matt always said was I want to, I, I don't want to like pay people to do stuff. Like I want to actually have an impact and based off that conversation he had with, you know, with the government entities, uh, our, our NGO, our non-government uh, organization, mm-hmm. we do exactly what they say, right? So we do the training for the guys uh, that are in the field, that are, you know, the actual officers, the sheriffs, all the other people. We do it in multiple states. We go in, we do the training. We provide the forensic labs. Like, we provide the software. We fund software. We wow. do the boring stuff that that without that, you know, we would be at a major loss in this fight, right? Yeah. And so we don't go kicking doors. We're not out hunting these people down. In fact, that's illegal. So like if somebody's like, I want to do this, like we're not carrying guns, we're not kicking in doors. You can't do that. Like, you know? I just thought, but, you know, you could maybe sell hunting permits or something, you know, to raise yeah. money for the charity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, yeah, you could. I mean, we do a lot of, of great things uh, that raise money for the charity and, you know, and, and allow us to operate. Uh, we just moved into Florida. So we have three locations in Florida. We just opened up doing some training down there. Uh, some amazing people. Uh, there's a group called the Weatherfords. There's, there's three brothers. They run like an investment firm, mm-hmm. uh, heavily involved uh, in this. Great. I mean, just hands Dude, down, it's... amazing people. Friends of Tim Tebow. It sounds um, like a awesome freaking cause dude it really does it is like, yeah we've we've done amazing things both here uh and globally uh we have a, a great network coming out of, of the ukraine so we've we've helped some people um you know remove women and kids out of mm-hmm. ukraine like yeah. we've helped in a lot of different things across the world but we're we're very much a support role like we're not out there you know like i said running and gunning and trying to get the glory you know we're, we're back in we're trying to support mm-hmm. we're trying to help the people I mean, the, the 
unfortunately, human trafficking is a multiple billion dollar industry, right? It, it's and bigger so, than you think. Um, like exactly. I actually, I actually know a girl that was trafficked, and um, some of her relatives smashed into a hotel room and went and untrafficked her. And I mean, yeah, she had she had some addiction problems and stuff, and and she's been clean yeah. for clean for many years now. But like, you wouldn't think that just a normal person going about his normal business would know somebody like that. But but it's it's way more common than you think. It is, mm. yeah, and it's not like taken. It's not you know like it's it's that's not the reality of it. No, a lot of times it is that you know mm -hmm. yeah. It's, I mean, sometimes it's taken, you know. <laughs> but you know, generally, it's it's the people that have fallen through the cracks, and and you know the the the, the nobody people is it's not it's not a derogatory term. It's a description that they've got nobody in life. They they have no other connections, and that makes them a very easy target because if you take them, nobody's going to come looking for them. Yes, yeah, and that's those are the ones that they prey on, you know. Uh, you know, and it's not just women, you know, it's, it's young boys too. Like, you know, a, a lot of people overlook that, you know, they mm -hmm. think it's all women. It's not, you know, sometimes it's, it's boys, young boys. Uh, so it's, it's a, uh, it really is, it, it's a horrible, horrible situation. And I get that it's uncomfortable, but a lot of people like, it, it's one of those things they just, they don't want to recognize. Like if I don't recognize it, it doesn't, doesn't exist. And that, that's just not a reality. Like it's in almost every single city. I mean, I think it's in every single city, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. Uh, across the world, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super prevalent, you know, and, um, you know, in education, uh, support, training, like these are the things that we know are, are going to win that fight. This is, you know, this is what the people that do the, that actually mm -hmm. do the fight, the, you know, the yeah. government, actual organizations, uh, this is what they said they need to support that because it's not well funded, unfortunately. Um, these are the things they need. And so this is what we do. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's not, again, it's not like glorious. We don't have footage of us, right, you know, right, running and gunning, right. but like we're, we're doing really good work. Uh, and I'm, I'm very proud of the team that we have, the people that, that are involved in this. Um, I mean, literally some of the biggest givers, you know, you'll yeah. ever meet in your life. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm super stoked to be a part of it. I love the guys that I'm involved with. I love the good that we do. Uh, you know, so it's it's really it's an amazing thing. Well, man, look, I am humbled that I get to call you my friends, and I'm humbled that we got to hang out for a bit today, man. Um, and I, I would love to bring you uh, or or one of your guys onto Soapbox News and talk a little bit more in depth about the human trafficking issue. Um, yeah. I know it's not a business it's not a business podcast kind of topic, but um, it's definitely yeah. something I've got a huge amount of respect for for the fact that you're involved with that charity and that charity work you do. Um, Byron, man, it's we'll been say a... this. Let me yeah. add one last thing. I know we got to get it. off. No, we, we, yeah, we do, but uh, it's it's been a pleasure, but please ca carry oh, on. Oh, I appreciate it. So there, there is a thing, and this will be my only plug, I promise. Um, but there is a, there's a, there's a tax code and there's, there's some rules that exist uh, where instead of donating your money essentially to the IRS in the form of taxes, uh, there are, there is some legislation, there's some IRS code that allows you to actually donate that to a charity. I would love to donate Operation Lightshine, but you know, if anybody's listening, donate to anybody. But there's some code out there that allows you to actually donate instead of paying it into the government in the form of taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, if, if anybody is interested in that, please hit me up. I'd love to talk to you about that. Or uh, no, But that's that's a great way to, to donate, even if uh, maybe you can't afford to donate uh, instead of paying it to the government. Uh, you can pay it to a charity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm sure you and I will have a chat about that off the air too. So uh, right. for those guys that want to get involved, they either need a little help with their finances or they want to get involved in Operation Lightshine, share the websites where these guys can find you online. Yeah, so um, if you want to reach out to me, uh, uh, CFOAF, uh, so CFOAF.com, uh, very simple, CFOAF.com. Uh, or you can hit us up on operationlightshine.org. Uh, so OLS operationlightshine.org. We'll get that on. Uh, we'll get that on the show notes. We'll get your links set out. Did you ever think maybe CFOAF was what Trump was trying to trying to tweet that one time? Did you ever, did you ever think that? Maybe I'm that's pretty sure was, that's what it was. I'm pretty yeah, sure it yeah, was. I think he was giving you guys a shout out too. I, uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't know why he wouldn't. I mean. <laughs> Byron, thank you so much for coming on the show, my, my friend. Uh, hang around. I want to chat to you afterwards. But uh, thank you so much, guys. If you've enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. Share the show out there. Uh, tag us at Small Business Surgeon and uh, tag Byron and go and check out his stuff. We'll throw the links for his stuff in the show notes. All right, that's going to do it from us for today. Uh, you'll be good and stay safe. And we'll see you this week with another episode of Friday Fire.
This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.